0: From Relay FM, this is Virtual, episode number 60. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Federico Vettici. Hi, Mike. Hey, buddy. How are
1: you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Busy time of yeah. the year, but feeling good. Yeah, we're all finalizing all the uh, you know the last details, the last things we want to do mm-hmm. with our businesses, and it's always you know for me the the weeks leading up to Christmas. Um, I'm 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 kind of split in two modes. On the one hand, I'm kind of getting ready to to finish all the things that I want to write about in my stories. On the other hand, I'm also preparing for food coma coming my way, you know, <laughs> from the holidays. Uh-huh. And so I'm i with one eye I'm looking at the website with the other I'm I'm looking at, you know, food preparation <laughs> and we me and my girlfriend were already planning the, the things we want to cook and what we want to do for Christmas, the day before Christmas, the day after Christmas, because, you know, Italians like to have a full schedule. So, and I'm also going to play a lot lot of video games. I I got my Uncharted on the PlayStation 4. Last week, I went to my video game guy. I hadn't been there in a couple of months, so I bought the... Mario and Luigi uh, paper jam bros on the on the 3DS which I still need to start because this week I was busy finishing my my to do review for Mac Stories, which uh, I want to start playing tonight or tomorrow we'll see. Uh so yeah, it's a it's a good time of the year.
0: Yeah, it's a busy one for me like from the business side um because like this time of the year is not only an end of a year, it's also the end of a quarter. So like I'm getting a bit like behind the curtain now but like so say with like the sponsorship stuff which is probably the busiest type of thing that I do. You have people want to buy more sponsorship, right? But they don't have budgets assigned yet. So like you have to kind of juggle both and it gets a bit crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's that's why I'm busy right now. But yeah. it's good yeah, because it's... <laughs> we're taking some time off um, of a bunch of shows over the holidays. So oh, yeah. that's going to feel pretty sweet.
1: Oh yeah, I'm um I'm gonna take I think at least a week off from the uh newsletter as well. Uh you know, for the holidays I, I don't wanna I don't wanna be working for New Year's Eve. Uh but we'll see. I, I was thinking about getting taking two weeks off, but I feel kinda uncomfortable with that. Every time I gotta take some time off working, it doesn't feel completely right to me. It's almost like I'm cheating my own audience. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But at least one week. I think I deserve one week off. Uh, Mike, I prepared a lot of links for you this week. There's quite a few video game news that we want to discuss. Many, many many announcements. Uh, So I want to start from the Game Awards. Uh, What was that? Ten days ago? Uh, Not even two weeks ago. Uh, There were the the Game Awards. I watched them online. And there was one very uh, touching tribute to Nintendo's Late. Late President uh, Satoru Iwata from Reggie Um It's a, I, I really recommend you go watch the video. Uh, Kotaku as a as a YouTube uh, version. Uh, it's it's a very very nice video. Um, uh, Filzmay remembers Iwata as a as a colleague as a as a boss as a friend, and I really miss. You know, it's not even been six months. I think. I really miss Iwata at Nintendo, and I know that you know there's many, many other great people at the company. But you know, I, 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 we we talked about this when he when he passed away, and this feeling didn't go away for me. Iwata was there when I started following Nintendo as a, as a kid, and now it's not there anymore, which kind of bums bums me out. You know, I'm really really sad. Yeah. Uh but you know, go watch the video; it's a good one. Now, Mike. I don't know if you remember this game, Psychonauts, uh, for PlayStation Two. Actually, it came out on the on the on the Xbox, I think, and later it was converted to a bunch of other platforms. a Few years ago, in two thousand eleven. Anyway, it was the first game. It was the game that formed Double Fine as a company, and now it's getting a sequel. Uh, Psychonauts Two is coming in, in by the end of two thousand and eighteen, I think. So it's a you know, a couple of years away. And what's peculiar about these announcements is because it's a bunch of it's a bunch of new Psychonauts game uh, games. There's Psychonauts two coming in a couple of years, and there's also a separate VR game uh, that's happening on PlayStation VR, and it's called uh, Psychonauts in the Ruins of Ruin, I think. Anyway, the main announcement is Psychonauts two, which has a Crowdfunding campaign, but it's different than usual. I've so never insta- seen this thing. Before. Me neither. Me neither. So instead of using Kickstarter, uh, which Double Fine used many times and most notably with um, Broken Age, you know, it raised over three million dollars on Kickstarter. Now they're using this service called Fig. Uh, it's spelled F-I-G. And so, unlike Kickstarter, when you're you are a backer and you're uh, contributing to a crowdfunding campaign. So you can get early access to you know to, to the main product, but also to extra benefits. Um, in this case, you can choose. You can be a normal a normal backer for a crowdfunding campaign, or you can be an investor. So you can choose to share some profits, and this is kind of the unique proposition of this Fig platform. It allows you to uh, invest up uh, f- starting from thousand dollars, I think, or maybe from five hundred dollars. Um, Anyway, there's a minimum quota that you you can put in as an investor. And then there's a simple interface on the website. You can calculate based on various parameters, such as units sold, uh, of course, the amount of money that you want to invest, the commissions from FIG and Double Fine. You can see your return on on investment. And it's kind of strange as an idea to let anyone be an investor in a game. Uh, I see why, why uh, such idea is a reason to exist. Maybe uh, to allow to allow a larger number of people to share the profits of a game. It's still kind of doesn't strange. Really feel
0: worth it to me. Like I'm looking at the calculator and like if I invested ten thousand dollars, yeah, you're not and make the game a lot of money. sold three million units. Mm-hmm. I would make $23,000, so like $13,000 more. Like, it's not an amazing amount of money. No, it's really? Not,
1: it's not easy money. And, you know, you still got to invest $10,000. Exactly. I guess it makes mm. more sense if you have the kind of money to invest, I don't know, $10,000 on 10 different games. Then maybe it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I don't really know why they're doing this. I don't know. Anyway, they're asking for money in in a bunch of different ways. So you, there's going to be money from backers on Fig. There's going to be money from investors. There's going to be a silent partner. For now, we don't know who it is. Um, Double Fine is also gonna gonna. It's probably Sony, right? P- put in some of their money. We don't know. They they said it's not a traditional, uh, video oh. game person or slash company. So we don't know. There was some speculation that it was uh, Marcus uh, Pearson, you know, Notch from Minecraft, uh, because a few years ago Notch wanted to invest in a remake of Psychonauts. Oh well, then uh, it's him then. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't know. The, 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 because uh, Team Schaefer said, "Oh, it's not Marcus." So uh, right. R- right now they're kind of denying the involvement of Notch. Anyway, hmm. the game itself, we don't have screenshots, we don't have videos. We only know that they've been thinking about a sequel for many years. Uh, They already have basically the story and the main areas already done, at least in terms of uh, art direction and sketches and dialogue. So we only got to wait, you know, a couple of years. They're about
0: 70% funded. They've got a million dollars to go in 30 days. They're probably going to make it.
1: They're going to make it. You know, Double Fine always makes it when it comes to these campaigns. Yeah. uh, they were kind of, you know, the first, uh, I think the first big company, maybe, I could be wrong, to, I, I remember Broken Age as a kind of a turning point in the history of Kickstarter for uh, yeah. crowdfunding campaigns. At least after Broken Age, a lot of other developers kind of started doing this kind of thing. Yeah, but know. $3 million is a lot of money. It's a lot of money, uh, but they estimate that the budget of the game is going to be between 10 and $13 million. So where does the rest come from? Yeah, I told you from the again? silent partner, the silent partner double oh. find itself. Yeah.
0: Oh, they're putting money themselves. I they
1: see. have a they have a little graphic on the on, in the video that it shows you like okay. where the money comes from. So this is uh, one of those
0: like this is one of the, of the concept type things where they're like, oh, if we can make three million dollars on this, we know it's worth putting the rest in.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, because they already have all the material; they just need to to get started on the game. I guess. Right. So we'll see what happens, uh, and uh, you know, if history is of any indication, we're not gonna get this game in 2018. Probably gonna play this game in 2020. <laughs> so yeah. we we'll, we will wait. Mike, Real FM will still be around. I bet in the in five I hope years. Oh so. yeah, don't go away, Mike. Please don't leave okay. us. Um. So Mike, now you, I know that you this week has uh has seen your sadness level go up. Mm -hmm. Exponentially, because of the news of mailbox shutting down on February 26th next year. On the same day, while you may be attending the funeral of your favorite email client, I will be playing Bravely Second, which is launching in Europe on the same day the mailbox is gone away, February 26th. I'm so excited, Mike. (laughs) The original. You didn't like the way the first one ended, right? Like, you got bored of it. Or something. In the end, yes. Uh, I, it made me really angry, but I would say 80% a fantastic game, 20% I wanted to break the game. Um, mm. That's I, some
0: interesting percentages.
1: Yes, because it's just the final grinding. It just didn't make any sense to me. But the overall game, I, I deeply, deeply loved. I mean, I played like uh, 80 hours of Bravely Default on my 3DS And I hope that, you know, they got the feedback from the people who played the first game. The second game, which is, you know, kind of unsurprisingly called Bravely Second, um, is supposed to fix many of those problems. And in many ways, Bravely Default actually started the trend of modern RPG, at least modern... Japanese RPGs, which are going against some of the conventions of the genre from the 90s, such as being able to disable random encounters or speeding up the game, you know, all these different modern changes. You know, even Squaresoft, uh, Square Enix, sorry, I'm still calling it SquareSoft, even Square Enix is adopting these, you know, options in the Final Fantasy Remake and, and you know, the port for the PlayStation 4. So in many ways, bravely default was a pioneer of some options, and I'm really excited to to play the second one. It's the you know it's my kind of game, Mike. It's my kind of comforting Japanese RPG that I can play on a portable console. It makes me happy, you know. Makes me relax. So we'll see next year. Now we have some topics, Michael. Oh, we definitely do. But All the great we, topics today. Before
0: we jump onto the topics, I think you want to take a break. Yes, I most definitely do. This week's episode is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you no longer have to be stuck at your desk to get your work done. You can manage your task list from your laptop during a meeting, share status updates from your phone as you're leaving a client site, and access the latest version of a file from Home these days, everything is mobile, and your work should be too. Igloo is incredibly configurable and looks fantastic it's designed by people that understand how good websites should look and how good internet should look and they build all of that knowledge into their products. You can completely rebrand igloo, give it the look and feel of your team, and it really helps adapt to the great design that's in and outside of this lovely lovely system thanks to group spaces role-based access permissions and an easy drag-and-drop widget editor you can also reorganize the whole platform to fit exactly how your teams work Igloo also allows you to integrate services like Box, Google Drive, and Dropbox into their big, easy-to-secure platform. So with people always uh, using their phones and their tablets and their mobile devices as well to access their documents from the services that they love, it, you know, previously this can be a security risk. People are taking things outside of the company, but with Igloo you can integrate all of those very popular and awesome services into their platform you can also share files with your co-workers with igloo's own document collaboration engine you can track who has read these documents as well with read receipts this is super useful for knowing that everybody has seen that critical information it's time to break away from the internet that you hate go and sign up for igloo right now and you can try it for free with any team of up to 10 people for as long as you like go sign up at igloosoftware.com virtual thank you
1: so much to igloo for their support of this show so, Mike, there's a, an interview on, on Time magazine uh, with Nintendo's uh, Kimishima, uh, the, the, the Mr. President. Mr. President. And, I like that name. Yes. And he's talking about the future of the company in very broad terms. So the main idea in this interview is that Nintendo's main business is still, you know, selling dedicated hardware and software. So mm-hmm. they're making their own consoles and they're making their own games. But he insists that Nintendo should try to... And he's and talking with uh, a lot of corporate kind of <laughs> uh, words. So they want to expand their IP to more, you know, uh, services, to more platforms. So basically, what they want to do is they want to have Nintendo's characters in different places. And one of those places is going to be theme parks. As we've already seen, even Miyamoto is directly working with the Universal, I think, to build these first Nintendo attractions. And there's also going to be, I think, partnerships for, you know, clothes and other accessories. So they want to show you Nintendo characters everywhere. At least that's the idea. And it doesn't surprise me, you know, because when I go to any kind of accessory or clothing or, you know, game shop here in Italy, I see Minecraft, I see Angry Birds everywhere. And especially Angry Birds, back in the day, Rovio was very smart to get the brand out there that they didn't survive as a company really or as a trend uh but still the Uh idea was we're gonna show you characters everywhere you go uh and nintendo doesn't do that i mean i can see the accessories i can see t-shirts every once in a while but it's not a you know they could be more i feel like they could do more they could show me more maybe so that's one of their goals The Nintendo NX is going to be... It says, we already know that, but it's going to be something completely new. They want to do something different. It's not going to be an evolution of the Wii and the Wii U. And I don't know if you saw this, Mike, but there's a a, a patent design going around. uh, I did see this. The full screen Yeah, the full screen controller. So basically, Nintendo filed a patent with the US trademark office. And it's a controller with two, I think one or two, analog sticks. But the controller itself, it's not made of plastic, it's a screen. So you're literally placing your hands on the screen. And it's not like the gamepad, which is, you know, there's, there's the body of a controller and inside there's there's a screen. From this, you know, uh, design that we've seen, you're wrapping your hands around the the screen itself. Which so is this a no. this
0: plays into the previous rumors of yes. their uh was it Sharp making that technology? Yes. And That's
1: a bunch of rumors uh Sharp making the the displays and the NX being a sort of hybrid console, you know, both portable and home console, which I if, guess I can if imagine. They bring their knowledge of making comfortable controllers and they keep all the physical buttons. Mhm. Might not be yes. bad. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo can make some pretty sweet controllers. Yeah, that uh, could be really nice looking. Yeah, and and there's a from the from the patent which of course, you know, patents are not really indicative of any product being really coming in the future. They're more like, you know, let's just save this idea because yeah, you know, maybe it could be useful. And but the, you can see from the, the the sketches and the designs that Nintendo has They want to show you like labels for actions on screen, but just around the buttons. So, for instance, there's like a move label around the analog stick, which is shown by the interface. You know, that's a very clever idea, I think. Uh, We don't know if it's going to be DNX, but you know, it kind of plays to the rumors in a way. And. Kimishima says it's going to be something completely new. We we should have done a better job at explaining the Wii U from for for people who previously owned a Nintendo Wii. Um, and he also notes this is interesting. He also notes that amiibo is not being used exactly as Nintendo imagined. So Nintendo wanted to wanted people to use amiibo as a you know, as a game feature. So you buy these figurines and you can unlock special features, you can level up, you can store your game data. And instead he says, we've, we're seeing many people simply collecting Amiibos, mm-hmm. just buying the figurines, which is kind of obvious when you think about it, you know, people were hungry for official Nintendo figurines. And they say they want to do a better job at kind of convincing people or pushing people to use Amiibo as a feature, not necessarily as a collectible. And I wanted to ask you, Mike, because I think you have more Amiibo than me, are you more of a collector or, or a user of Amiibo?
0: Well, I only have ever used Amiibo to, like, activate things, mm-hmm. you know? I've never actually used it for anything more than that.
1: So it's not like you keep it around
0: all N- the time? You just, no.
1: Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Yeah, so I think they should do a better job. Like, I'm I'm thinking about mobile devices. That's the... What comes to mind, I'm just thinking of an iPad and a bunch of amiibo around. It just makes sense because with a with a with a console, you know, the console is in your living room and maybe the amiibo are on a shelf, you know, nearby. Just take the amiibo, do whatever you gotta do, and then you put the amiibo back. But to kinda make the amiibo portable, maybe that's a way to entice people to use it more to always carry an amiibo around. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe the solution is Mitomo, Mike. <laughs> Which, by the way, Kimishima says they haven't done a good job at explaining what Mitomo is. Well, <laughs> yeah, I was was like, yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt, right? Well, of course,
0: <laughs> because <laughs> well, they, it didn't make any sense when they originally explained
1: it, and they've not done anything since.
0: So, and yeah, they what haven't a str- done a good job.
1: What a strange announcement it was! I mean, it was a Japanese uh, business investor call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a very low-key announcement. Anyway, um, I kind of wanted to to jump from from this interview to another Wii U related topic which is Minecraft coming to the Wii U. Oh my gosh. So finally Minecraft is going to be available on the Wii U. There's going to be compatibility with the gamepad, of course, so you can take you c- you can use off TV play. So you're playing on the TV with Minecraft, someone else wants to watch TV, you can take Minecraft on the gamepad. What it's not going to be available at launch is a way to only show inventory or crafting or other f- separate features on the gamepad. And it's kind of a surprise. Maybe it's coming, maybe it's not coming in the future, but it's not available at launch. So there's no inventory management on the gamepad screen. Yeah, this
0: is just one of those games that mirrors the the what's happening on the console, right? Yeah. That's all it's yeah. doing all the time. The enti- there there the are Nintendo games that do this.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. But in this case, you know, Mojang decided to simply do mirroring the TV screen on the gamepad.
0: I think they made the right decision. I think, like, if you think about who's playing Minecraft, um, you know, children, a lot of kids, and if you think about it, that makes sense as a use case. Like, what are you doing with the with Minecraft? you know I'm playing it all the time all day every day and the parents want to watch the TV so they're like oh you can't play anymore so the kids are like oh we'll just take the gamepad and we can play it anywhere like kids play it on tablets and stuff it is a very sensible use case uh but I think it's too like like this isn't going to help Nintendo
1: yeah that's what I wanted to ask you do you feel like if Minecraft came to the Wii U like at launch, or maybe you know just six months after launch, do you think the the the, the fate of the Wii U would have been different? Mm. It's diff- because it's that's difficult. It's, it's a huge game, you know, Minecraft, especially mm-hmm. for a younger audience.
0: Oh yeah, I think that it would have made a difference then. But I think now, like, any kid that wants to play Minecraft is playing it.
1: Yeah, already. Yeah. <laughs> on other platforms.
0: Yeah. Like they're yeah, not they're not still waiting around and being like, oh one day, one day I will get that Minecraft I so wish I had. Like that is not a thing that is happening now, I don't think. Do you think there's
1: I guess it depends on how many people are still not playing Minecraft? Could that still move the needle for Nintendo and the Wii U? I don't think so. Because no, I don't I think feel this like is the game to do that. Now, I've re- I've yeah. just, I really don't see that. So we can effectively say the Wii U has sold like 10 million units. It's probably gonna gonna end up at 12 million, 12 million, 13 million units. Uh, I don't, I don't feel like. I mean, the Wii U is basically done at this yeah, point. Yeah,
0: didn't they have a really good uh, sale over Black Friday? Like, I, I recall something saying, like, somewhere seeing that it yes. was a really, really good sales time f- for them.
1: Yeah, I, I think I saw that tweet as well. But, but I mean, it's not like the Wii U is going to turn into a PlayStation 4 like phenomenon. No. <laughs> I mean, it's.
0: No, that's, that time is gone.
1: Yeah, that time is gone. There's still a few great games coming. Uh, there's Zelda, of course, next year. But I feel like where it's it's basically uh, Nintendo is, is about to fire the last shots and that's it, you know. It's mm-hmm. not going to be, you know, it's done. We can say they're moving, they're com- almost moving the complete focus onto the Nintendo NX. They're working on developer kits, so they want to do better with the next console, I feel like. And ba- basically the Wii U is going to be remembered sort of like the GameCube, you know, like a transition between uh, various Nintendo Stages of their history. It's uh you know the, the console with a bunch of great games didn't do too well, and it was in preparation of the next big thing from the company. Yeah, I I don't feel like Minecraft is gonna make a big difference. It could have made a difference years ago, um, but I also wonder how many kids are playing Minecraft on iPads today. You know, if you go to the App Store, basically for the past two years. The top one or two spots have always been taken by Minecraft on the on the iPad, and it's a paid game, and kids are playing Minecraft on the iPad all the time, and it's this massive, massive phenomenon, and it's almost like the modern Lego. I feel like um, it's awesome because you know it kind of breeds creativity in 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 kids and in people of all ages. Uh, and it's you know when I go to GameStop when I go to other stores there's Minecraft merchandising everywhere T-shirts toys figurines well, wallets everything pajamas even um, which is great you know um, maybe Nintendo could have sold a bunch of more Wii U's you know with the Minecraft in Minecraft available on the on the eShop in 2012 maybe not we don't know but it's done at this point so basically. You know, it could have been, it could have been nice, but it didn't happen, and now we're just waiting for the next console. I know I'm not gonna buy Minecraft on the Wii U. Why would I? I uh, have it in so many places yeah. now. Like yeah. it feels
0: kind of pointless to to buy it again.
1: Yeah. So that's about it for Nintendo this week. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna switch to to PlayStation topics now, which I feel like Sony is doing a bunch of more interesting things at the moment. Right.
0: let me take a break here then and thank Squarespace for sponsoring this week's episode. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com. You want to use the code INSERTCOIN at checkout to get 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power that you need right into the palm of your hands and take away the things that you don't want to have to worry about. Like hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. With Squarespace you're able to build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no No coding experience required. They have intuitive and easy to use tools that make building your own website super simple and you can make something that looks and feels exactly how you want. They have state of the art technology that they use to power your website to ensure security and stability at all times. And because of this, they're trusted by millions of people around the world you get 24 7 support with live chat and email they have teams located around the world that are there to help you they have beautiful templates that you can pick from they all feature responsive web design as well to make your site look great on all devices if you want to sell physical or digital goods they have their commerce platform they have different templates for different types of businesses maybe you have um a band or maybe you have a store or, you know, they have all these different things that you can integrate as well, like maps and you can put an audio player in there. They really are catering for so many different types of people and they do it so well. If you want to sign up for a year at Squarespace, you'll also get a free domain name allowing you to choose exactly what you want your website to be called and their plans start at just $8 a month. You can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required and start booting your own website straight away by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up and putting all your payment information you want to make sure that you use the offer code insert coin or one word at checkout not only will that get you 10 percent off your first purchase but will also show your support for this show thank you to squarespace for their continued support of virtual and relay fm squarespace build it beautiful
1: so Zony had their event didn't they yes playstation experience or bsx did you watch Um, the video like the announcement I watched uh a few minutes of the of the keynote and then I switched to doing something else. I needed to finish my review of to-do, so I I caught up on the on the separate announcements later. Uh, I watched YouTube. it all. Oh, all all mm. uh, oh, oh Mike. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. It was like oh, yeah. a 2-hour keynote.
0: <laughs> it just caught me at a time where I wasn't very busy that evening yeah. and I watched all of it. I mean the thing is, like, I don't really have a lot to say about it, though. Like, you've you've brought you've picked out the most exciting parts of this that we'll talk about. But all in all, like, it wasn't bad, but it just didn't have anything new. It was just like more updates and more teasers. Yeah. but it was yeah.
1: fine for what it was. It was great. Yeah. So, I, as you said, I picked out some announcements. I want to start with the games. Raz Infinite is mm-hmm. uh, coming to PlayStation VR. And so, for those unfamiliar, Raz was a psychedelic, crazy. Shooter by Sega for the, I want to say the Dreamcast, and later it was ported to the PlayStation 2, uh, based on techno music by Mitsuguchi. Uh, Crazy guy, crazy dude, uh, crazy game, uh, I would add. And it's been remastered and basically expanded, and, you know, new music, new graphics, PlayStation VR... And on stage, there was a, this vibrating suit, you know? Yeah, like, he like was wearing was a
0: suit that vibrated as like, he was playing and it had all these different senses in uh, it. And that's kind of interesting. And people could play that. At, yeah. least, at least Press could play that with the suit yeah. on. Very peculiar. Would you wear that,
1: Mike? Uh, maybe, <laughs> just one time. Like, I, can, I don't know I if I would you. always
0: want to play that way.
1: You will look like a crazy... Like a crazy spaceman. I also feel like it's <laughs> you know it's kind of
0: a bit creepy, right? Like it's some
1: <laughs> you're walking around it. the house with lights and sensors on your well, body. Well,
0: it's more that the whole thing vibrates or whatever. Is <laughs> a bit. I don't know. I don't
1: know how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's almost like you, you will look like a tinfoil man. With lights.
0: Yeah, he was wearing, I think he was wearing a like a, a silvery jumpsuit over the sensor <laughs> suit, because I, the pictures I saw uh, yeah. of people wearing it, it looked like a suit made of sensors, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so Res Infinity is coming to VR. And Speaking of VR, there's a bunch of other announcements also. Um, there's a collection of videos. Uh, TechCrunch has done a good roundup. Eagle Flight is this game from Ubisoft. You 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 are you have the perspective of uh, as you can imagine of an eagle flying, and in the video there's a footage of, of a recreation of Paris, and it looks great. I feel like it's almost like Flower, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, from that game company, uh, but with eagles. <laughs> I love it whenever you say them. Like <laughs> yeah, it just that, sounds like name. you don't care about them. <laughs> uh, no, 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 that one, you know. Yeah, that whatever. game company. It's it's name the name. Um, so yeah, you are an eagle flying on top of Paris and it looks nice. I feel like it's, it's gonna make me sick maybe in VR, you know, to fly, go up and down and first person perspective. I don't know. Uh, golem, I didn't fully understand what you're supposed to do. I mean, you control a golem with your arms and your head. Yeah. Um,
0: That was a real, that was a teaser. Like they didn't really show anything. It was just like, his a person with a light on her face and... They're smashing through stuff and yeah, they didn't really go into that.
1: Yeah, But this one I want to talk to you about, Job Simulator. Mike. Yeah, have you ever
0: heard of this? This game <laughs> is already like available. Um, you can buy it. Like, No, you have to tell it. me.
1: You are the simulator man.
0: Mike. All I really know about this game is basically you just live a normal life and it's really difficult to play. <laughs> like <laughs> Surgeon Simulator. You remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, like that game was just like really hard to control and really hard to play. And it's a very similar scenario, basically, in that you so, kind of just are bouncing around the place, not really knowing what you're doing. So why do people play these games? They're challenging and weird and fun, I guess. Like, it's the only thing that I can think
1: of as to why somebody would play a game like this. Mm. Yeah, you you are into these kind of types of games, you know, with Maybe. goats and surgeons and.
0: Oh well, the goat simulator is like, Trucks? I mean, the goat simulator is not like the other ones, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can see that, but you do play track simulator. You and your friend CGP. I have played Euro Truck Simulator. Yeah. You don't play. You have played. I have played. Okay, so it's not I don't something that you play. But you do play occasionally. Yes. <laughs> I still, I still can't believe why you would drive a truck uh, across Europe. Anyway, yeah, I'm not
0: 100 percent sure either.
1: It, it was better when your only hobby was to draw on, on you know, with the adult coloring. Uh, you know, I
0: still do that. Don't
1: worry. You still, I saw the picture today. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. That was a Star Wars one. You wouldn't get that. Yeah, no, no, no. I guess that I recognize the shape of the spaceships. You know, oh, the ones nice. with the, you. Uh, I can tell you a bunch of names that I've heard over the years: X-wing. Please. See, si. uh-huh, yeah. uh huh, yeah, Tie Fighter. Yes, they were X-wing and Tie Fighters. Well done. Um, what else do uh, you know? Uh, um, um, Millennium Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Death Star. Hmm. Um, uh, a t uh, The what's the one with the wireless carrier? Um, AT and T. What? <laughs> the
0: at Eighty
1: eighty. Yeah, and um, it's like
0: yeah, it's it's quite funny like that because it sounds like you're saying yeah. ATT.
1: Um and that's about it I feel like that's pretty I, I good though I don't know any more names Yeah you should uh, be proud of I, that. I know I, I know the name oh. of a planet Okay the, the, Tatooine Tatooine Tatooine. Tatooine? Yeah. Tatooine Yeah I'll give you that like it, yeah it's not <laughs> it's not the easiest to pronounce but you got that Um but yeah that's a bunch of words that I know for some reason Nice work yeah this is usually uh, I learn these words because I follow many people on Twitter and they're talking about star Wars, and so I just look at those tweets and I just you know recognize these words anyway why do we, why i we What are we talking about star wars um gone home the adventure game from the p c was supposed to launch on consoles then there was some cancellation happened. The game wasn't coming to consoles anymore, but it is coming again to PlayStation next January finally launching on PlayStation 4. It's a it's a basically a remake, and actually a conversion of the you know straight conversion of the PC game. Um, I think I'm gonna play this game. You know, it's the kind of adventure text based game that I like. So you know, next January on PSN. There's also footage from Wretched uh, and Clank, which is coming to PlayStation 4. It's a I think it's a remake of the original Ratchet and Clank. It looks really good. I wouldn't link to this. I wouldn't link to to games like this uh, because it you know it's a, it's an old announcement and it's a platformer action game doesn't particularly engage, you know, my curiosity, but it looks really good, especially, it's you know. It's
0: tying I, in with the movie, right? That yeah, with,
1: there's a movie. There's a movie uh and uh, you know Sony is doing this kind of remake and it ties in with the with the story of the movie. It looks fantastic, especially if you watch at 60 frame frames per second. Very nice. Now, Mike, the last link before I start talking about Final Fantasy 7 which I feel like it's the elephant in the room. You, you, you know we talked about PS2 classics coming to PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of a surprise announcement from Sony. Well, now it's official. Uh, eight PS2 classics have been released on the, on the PSN. You can download Download them in both Europe and in America, and they their price in U.S. dollars goes from 9.99 to 14.99. And the first batch of games, uh, there's an article from The Verge with a roundup. Grand Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, San Andreas, and RPGs such as Dark Cloud and Rogue Galaxy. I remember these games on PlayStation 2, especially Dark Cloud. It was one of the RPGs that I wanted to play. I never got to play that game because my mother didn't want to buy me a PS2 at launch for some reason. I was really angry, and eventually they bought me a PS2 when San Andreas came out, but it was really kind of late in the story of the console. So, you know, I'm, I'm still... I'm still upset about this. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. Anyway, um, see, so yeah, you you can download these games. The PS2 classics you can play them. So we talked about the the sort of the graphics remaster that Sony was doing. They're basically uprendering these games at 1080p, so they look slightly better and visuals are nicer. The textures should be smoother. Uh, smoother in, in the games and you can also access features such as remote play and trophies if you're into that kind of thing. I never care about trophies because they make me anxious. We talked about this a while ago. Uh, but still, go to the PSN if you want to play these games. Um, you know, should be fun. Now, speaking of old games, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 7, the PC version, which is not the original version, which is from the PlayStation 1, PC... Conversion had a slightly better graphics. That version has been made available by Square Enix on PlayStation 4 as a downloadable game. And unlike the original PC port, and therefore also the PlayStation 1 game, you can speed up the game, you can disable random encounters, and I think there's also another cheat that involves healing your party, your the members of your party. I don't know. Anyway. If you want to play Final Fantasy VII, the original one, today, I would say go play on PlayStation 4. you got the the PC port, which is kind of the same game as the PlayStation 1, but just slightly better in terms of graphics. And you can skip random encounters, which I feel like it's a must-have in a modern RPG. Yeah. But the main topic about Final Fantasy VII this week is the remake, and... We have seen more footage of Final Fantasy VII Remake coming to PlayStation 4. Did this excite
0: you, this footage?
1: Yes, very much. I have many feelings and thoughts. So, as a background, I I need to stress how Final Fantasy VII Remake has been a dream of mine for the past 15 years since I basically became a reasonable person you know, at the age of 12, I would say. I was kind of stupid before that. Uh, but I would say that for the past 15 years, I've been dreaming and talking and obsessing over this idea with my friends. And especially when I was in, in middle school and high school, we were just talking about Final Fantasy Seven every day. You know, we used to buy video game magazines. We would bring them at school. And, you know, for those classes when we... Didn't care about so much. We would read the magazines, you know, under the desk. Uh, that's what we did. Anyway, I remember when uh, Square Enix uh, did the Final, F- Final Fantasy 7 CGI movie um, Advent Children. The speculation on a remake was so strong it was basically happening, but it didn't happen eventually. And then when the PS3 was announced, we got a teaser of Final Fantasy VII to show off the graphics of the console, and it also didn't happen. Now it's finally happening, and it's going to be different, you know, from what I imagined. So this week we got new footage uh, with some English voiceover and some gameplay scenes. And also confirmation from from Square Enix that this game is going to be you know, split up in multiple episodes. So it's not going to be a single game. It's going to be a game with, you know, episodes that you can buy over time. And the fighting system has been reworked to be not a turn-based system such as the original Final Fantasy VII, but an ATB, which means Active Time uh, Battle-based system. So it's sort of an hybrid between an action game and an RPG. But okay. it, it is going to be different from Kingdom Hearts, which is, you know, the action game. Have you ever played Kingdom Hearts, Mike? No.
0: Have I know what heard? it is. This is the one okay, that mixes, you know. like, Square Enix and Disney, and right? And Disney, yes.
1: It is going to be different from Kingdom Hearts and from Final Fantasy Dissidia, which is an action game. It's almost like Square Enix's own Super Smash Bros. with Final Fantasy characters. So it's going to be different from that, but it's also going to be not like the original Final Fantasy VII and, okay, so it looks great. You can watch the video. The graphics are amazing. It's based on a, on the Unreal Engine. And Square Enix is redoing the entire game. They want to let you explore different areas of Midgard, which is the, the, the city where you start the game. They want to let you go where you... Couldn't go before, you know, with the PlayStation Two, PlayStation One game. So they mentioned exploring more of Midgar, or maybe you know, traveling in the sky. You know, things that you couldn't do with, uh, you know, twenty years ago. Hmm. Now, the problem here is that for me, be having an episodic game is problematic because I I really don't like this idea of games. With episodes. So you need to just
0: clarify something for me. Like, was Final Fantasy Seven like... No. Th- no, what? I know it wasn't <laughs> episodic. I know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, w- was the progression of the game kind of linear like that? Or was it open world? Because it's open world, how do you turn open world into episodic?
1: Well, it was... You had some points of the game where he, he, once you go past those points, you cannot go back. I don't know if it makes any sense. Like a big turn in the story, like you start this area, then you cannot go back. But the majority of the game has an open world map. So you can go around, you can travel the map, and you can go wherever you want. My interpretation here is that... And the original game was divided in discs, you know? It was like three or four discs. On PlayStation One, so you needed to swap the discs when you know when you depending on the story, basically. Now my guess here is that the game is so huge. Square Enix wants to make a lot of money by selling different games. So in their in their message to to the press is, we basically have to make a multi part series. And each entry of the series will have its own story, and the volume of a full game. Now, I don't quite believe the part about the volume, because I mean, I don't know. It sounds like a, like an excuse to me right now. But the the thing about the the story, I can kind of imagine like if you divide the game in, I don't know, in cities or maybe, you know, uh, like uh, different parts of the story, then you can split it up easily. In the original game, there were some sections that were clearly grouped together, if it makes any sense. Like, you, you could tell, okay, this is where this part of the story starts and this is where it ends. And those parts I could see in a separate episode of the game. I just don't like the idea of paying, like, 200 euros to play the full remake over five years. That's what I fear is going to happen. Like, if we start playing this game, the first episode, in 2017, we're basically going to finish, if all things go well, in 2020 or 2021. (laughs) I mean, Square Enix is kind of slow, you know? And what happens when new consoles come around? Because right now in two thousand sixteen, we can say uh, we're basically two years into the PlayStation Four and Xbox One. Maybe one year? Is it one year or two years, Mike? A year and a half, let's say. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You know, so, well. let's say a year, just slightly over a year. But in five years, we're gonna be talking about you know the next consoles. I I think. And by that time, Square is gonna be ready with the final episode of Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mean, this company is really slow. And, you know, maybe this time around it will be faster. I just cannot imagine so much, you know, down the road, like, what's gonna happen with this game. That's not to say that I'm not excited, you know? I feel like splitting up the story makes sense... I'm just not sure about splitting up the game as a purchase. And, you know, I'm conflicted, Mike. I'm really conflicted. And I'm trying not to think about this, you know, confusion that I have in mind. uh, Because I'm really excited about the game. And I'm also kind of happy that it's going to be different, you know. Because at least initially I was like, huh. It's going to be an action game I'm not sure what I think about this because for many years since I was twelve I've been imagining an exact you know copy of the original game only with better graphics. But when I think about it, it doesn't make much sense to make it the same game only with better graphics like does it make sense to make it look sexy and pretty, but when you're walking around town, you cannot go where you want because it's it's defined by the limitations of a 20-year-old game, well, it makes sense to reimagine the structure and and the nature of the game, where you can go, what you can do. So basically what they're doing is they're keeping the same story, they're keeping the same locations, but they're reworking everything else, which I feel that justifies the name Remake in the title. Uh, it's a new version. It's basically the same story that people love. It's like when when a when a you know a big studio remakes a movie from fifty years ago. It's the same story. It's just remade for modern taste and technology, which makes sense to me. Again, I'm just conflicted about yeah uh, episodic nature. Um, have you do, do you play Mike uh, games organized in in divided in episodes?
0: I have done like some of the Telltale stuff yeah. and. They're interesting because you play the game over a longer period of time, but sometimes it's like if you really enjoy the game, you want to play it all at once. Like You can see why their benefits and disadvantages are pretty much the, are based on the same thing, right? Because you get that. It's like, yeah, I get to play it longer. The game is like, there's more excitement about it. But then also you just want to play it and you don't get to.
1: Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I feel like the the idea of a of an episodic game is one of those modern inventions that doesn't really play well with my brain of a gamer who started playing when I was six. I just... I'm like... I feel like an old guy yelling from his front porch, go away, you kids and episodic games. <laughs> you know, I, I understand why they want to do that. But in my heart, I do don't accept it i don't know if it makes sense mike
0: i get it i get it to say, mm-hmm. i totally i mean to i understand from your perspective um but it's just not one well i i feel it in some things but i can also see the benefits of it right that's yeah what i'm saying yeah.
1: yeah yeah so we'll see what happens it looks really great Yeah, uh, the graphics the music the voiceover Really nice. There's a, a link on Kotaku about the evolution of Cloud, the main character, over the years, and you know you can see especially the the, the character design getting more, uh, I would say more adult, more more. It looks it looks kind of sick <laughs> in the new in the new footage. It's very it's very pale, and, and you know it, it looks like he's running a fever. Anyway. Um, there's an link Kotaku showing you the evolution of Cloud. And again, go watch the video in HD. It looks fantastic, but we gotta wait a few years only for the first episode. So, you know, I- I'm guessing we'll get to the final scene with Sephiroth, maybe in... I'm optimistic here, and I want to say seven years. So Final Fantasy VII is going to take seven years to get to the final scene. We'll see. We will follow up on this. This is the longest follow-up ever, Mike. We will follow up on this in... 2023? Perfect. Okay. No, 2022, 20, December 11. Go make an event on your calendar.
0: Excellent. We'll see
1: how we stand in 7 years on <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 remake. I look forward to it. Awesome. Right, are we doing good? Uh, my list of thoughts and notes is
0: over. Mike. It was an excellent list, Federico. Thank you for putting that together, as always. Thank you. If you'd like to find our show notes for this week, head on over to relay.fm slash virtual slash um, 60. If you want to find us online, you can go to maxstories.net for Federico's work, and he is at Fatici on Twitter, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks again to our sponsors for this week, Igloo and Squarespace, and we'll be back next time. Until then, thanks for listening.
1: Arrivederci.